This is the Parent Life Podcast, and I'm Jason Stanlin. This week, Brett Kunkel returns of Maven. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Brett was on the podcast. Uh, he shared with us about developing a biblical worldview and how we can transfer our worldview to our kids, to our children. Originally, I heard Brett speak at Student Leadership University 101 conference in Orlando to our students. Did an excellent job explaining about developing a biblical worldview. I had him on the podcast again about two weeks ago. Uh, Brett is the founder and president of Maven. It's an organization that seeks to create training for adults and students and to resource parents to have biblical worldview and apologetics que- sorry, discussions with their children. He has over 25 years of experience working with students in the field of apologetics. Two weeks ago for episode 59... Brett discussed his book, A Practical Guide to Culture, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. I would highly recommend go find episode 59 uh, and look about look at that one because it discusses developing a biblical worldview and passing it on to our children. Critical topic. This week, Brett returns to the podcast to discuss another one of his books that I found on his website, Ambassador's Guide to Mormonism. So as we're adapting our podcast, one of the things I want to do as the podcast host is to develop a resource list of particular topics that when your kids come to you, you can easily get educated. So when I saw that he had done a book on Mormonism, particularly in light of Christianity, and I get lots of questions on a regular basis from both students and their parents about Mormonism and Christianity. Uh, Many of them ask, you know, what's the difference? Because a lot of times the two religions use the same language. This is going to be an excellent resource for you to have that conversation and an approach not just to Mormonism, but to others as well. So this week is a topic resource for parents to have that discussion. So let's jump into that interview now. Hey, Brett, thanks for uh, joining us again uh, on the Parent Life Podcast. Excited to have you. Um, You wrote a book um, called Ambassador's Guide to Mormonism. And I love after our last session to just have you talk about that. Um, We have a small contingency in our community, but I know on, uh, we'll say on media devices, I have seen that the Mormon church is one of the fastest growing churches. Uh, although numbers seem to be a little skewed. Uh, can you briefly define Mormonism, what it is? Uh, is it the same as Christianity because they use a lot of the same language? Yeah. Well, all right. So a lot of issues to unpack there. Number yeah, one, right. what is Mormonism? Uh, Mormonism turns out to be a, uh, a, it would fall under kind of the larger Christian umbrella uh, if you're looking at it sociologically, uh, so, well, you know, a lot of people put Mormonism under Christianity. And of course, there's a whole ki- all kinds of different denominations and, and, and um, different kind of groups. But when we look at it theologically, which is more important for us as Christians, mm-hmm. right? Theologically, this is where there's kind of an old school term that we use. It's the term cult. Mm-hmm. It's a cult of Christianity, which means it takes uh, views from historic Orthodox Christianity and it changes those those views. And so it has some similarities with Christianity, but 
it has radical differences as well. Now, if I'm talking to my Mormon friend, I never use the word cult. <laughs> That's yeah. an instant <laughs> turnoff. Right. But just I'm trying to help people kind of categorize this in their mind. I mean, the main point here is that Mormonism is not the same thing as Christianity. In fact, if you talk to Mormons themselves, they'll say this very thing uh, it, it, when in moments of honesty. In fact, Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, uh, he says this in their scriptures. So if you go to, they have, a, they have four different books of scripture. If you go to what's called the Pearl of Great Price in uh, the Joseph Smith history in chapter one, and just read through that, you'll get an account from Joseph Smith where he, he records that the heavenly father told him that all, uh, all the different denominations and sects of Christianity were false and that they're, the pastors were an abomination, mm. and that through Joseph Smith, God was going to restore the true church. And so it's actually the Mormon view, it's official Mormon doctrine, that the Christian church is apostate, they've, mm. they've lost the gospel, and that Joseph Smith is the prophet of the restoration of the gospel, and that the Mormon church is the one true church. So... Very clearly, it is not the same as Christianity, and particularly when you look at two key issues. Number one, ask the question, who is God? That is a key question. What is their view of God? Uh, and even though, and Jason, you brought up a great point, they, we, they use the same terminology. Yeah. And this is where a lot of Christians get confused. They'll say God the Father. They'll talk about the Holy Ghost. They'll talk about Jesus Christ and his atonement. But all of those terms that they use that are the same as Orthodox Christianity have completely different meanings. And so what you end up having is a different God. And not only a different God, you also have a different gospel. Mm. And those are the two issues I think really to, to key in on. And when you look at those two key issues, you find out these two views, Mormonism and Orthodox Christianity, are not compatible. They are contradictory. They are mutually exclusive views that cannot both be true at the same time. Right. And so that's where I find a lot of conversations, especially, you know, like I have, you know, a Mormon friend or something and we're having, um, you know, we're, we're hanging and having lunch or something like that. And so the doctrines come up and they'll use the same language, but I, I, I will feel like, wait a minute, we're saying the same thing, but I don't feel like we're saying the same thing. So let me ask you this question. Why did you decide to write on Mormonism? Well, when I was a uh, youth pastor, I took uh, some students on a mission trip to Utah. And I did that because when I was an undergrad at a Christian college in Southern California, I went on a mission trip to Utah. And, and what we did is we went around talking to Mormons and sharing the gospel with them. And the training that we did was doctrinal training. It was theological training. And then we went and we had gospel conversations with these Mormons. And that trip had a huge impact on my own life. And I had never received training like that before. I grew mm. leaps and bounds in my knowledge of who God is, mm. which really then had an impact on my worship of him. Yeah. You know, when I really came to understand the Trinity, and, and realize, I, I mean, I had studied it deeper than 
ever before and understood it better than before. And actually under, understanding it better than I ever had before also helped me understand how incomprehensible God is, right? That he uh, ultimately, I can't wrap my mind around him, but it actually takes a deeper study of him to really appreciate that. And what it did is it increased my own worship and my own awe of God. So that was such a transformative trip for me. So I started taking students on these trips and I just got to see how this lit students up. And so now through our organization, Maven, we take youth groups and college groups and Christian schools, and we customize trips for them because I have not seen any tool better for teaching young people theology and the scriptures than taking them to Utah and making them get into conversations with Mormons. It motivates them like nothing else. That is fascinating. I am so intrigued as a student pastor right now. Um, So I love what you said. And parents, I just want to recap so that you don't miss this doctrinal study of, of the Trinity, of God, of who he is for the sake of communicating to others. It influenced his worship. It influenced even what he believes about God, and it influenced his evangelism. He wanted to talk about it more because of what he was studying. And parents, I hope that there is something that's happening in your life where you're studying and you're just absorbing who God is because it will change you. The renewing of your mind will change you. Let me jump in here. I want to give an analogy. I think that will help parents see how vital this is. Like if you and I were talking and you said, hey, Brett, tell me about your wife, you know, your wife, Erin, you've been married almost 25 years. So tell me about her. And if I said, oh, yeah, my wife, Erin, well, she's, uh, you know, she's like five foot six. She has sandy blonde hair. She has two eyeballs, you know, and that's and that's all I said. You know, and you laughed. Yeah, you laughed and you'd be like, well, no, no, no. Tell me. No, tell me more about your wife. And if I said, well, that's all I can really tell you. Would you not draw some conclusions about the depth of our relationship? Yes, I would. And the nature of our relationship. I think exactly. she would too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and in the same way, here's a test for parents. Right, you know, give this test to your students, ask your students, Hey, list out for me the attributes of God. Mm. You know, what's God like and see what kind of picture they can come up with and, and how does it match up? with the, the picture in scripture or just get any systematic theology book and open up to the attributes of God and then compare what they said to the attributes that are in any systematic theology book. And what we'll find and what I found just through experience is that most Christian kids who grew up in the church know virtually nothing, nothing. about who God is. And yet we expect them to, to, ha- to care about their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Well, they have no knowledge of who God is and what he's like. And so we can't expect that they're going to have much of a relationship with someone they know nothing about. And so this is why we really need to connect the mind with the heart. And man, uh, you really get to know someone, you grow in your closeness to them, you know, mm-hmm. especially when it's the most amazing person in the universe, God himself. So let me follow up with this next question. You wrote it and called it an ambassador's guide to Mormonism. Um, 
that's a different take. Uh, most people would, you know, maybe say just a guide or what do they believe or something like that. Why do you call it an ambassador's guide? Well, that was, I wrote that when I was at uh, a fantastic apologetics ministry called Stand to Reason. And if people want to check out uh, their ministry, they can go to str.org. Stand to Reason really has some great resources. They are equipping the church. And one of the things that we really focused on at Stand to Reason, and I continue to focus on, is that as, uh, you know, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. And so that's why we use the term ambassador. We are ambassadors. We are representatives of Christ. And we are his primary representatives to the world. And so here is a particular people group, right? The Mormons. Well, as we go to them, we are ambassadors. We are representing the one true and living God to them. And so that's why we use the term ambassador. And then it helps us to think about, okay, well, if we're ambassadors, what makes an effective ambassador? You know, an ambassador needs to know the king's message. You, the person you're going out to represent, you need to know their message. And so we have to have knowledge. But of course, you can't just be an arrogant jerk. People aren't going to, you know, respond to that. So you got to be right. winsome. You got to be kind. You got to be loving. You got to be gentle. You got to be gracious. And at the same time, courageous. You got to be willing to speak the truth, even when people don't like it. And so those qualities of an ambassador make us more or less effective. So um, in your book, you refer to tactical questions. Uh, can you explain what a tactical question is and how they can be used effectively? Yeah, that also is um, the influence of one of my huge mentors, Greg Kokel, who is the president of Stand to Reason. He wrote a book called Tactics. And that is a excellent book. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an essential book for Christians who want to engage the world, right? Which should be all of us. Should be all of us, yeah. <laughs> and he says, you know, the 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 key one of the key tactics is what he calls the Columbo question. It's just learning how to ask really good questions, and that's what we have to do with Mormons. That's often almost every conversation I have with a Mormon. That is where you have to start. You have to ask them, hey, what is it that you believe? and keep clarifying. You have to ask that question again and again and again. In fact, I so on one of these mission trips that we took young people on, uh, we were with a youth group that we were leading through this experience and we were going door to door. And we, you know, I was with some students and we, we knocked on this lady's door and she, it was very kind and she invited us inside and we sat down for like an hour and a half and had a conversation with her. And uh, she said to us, hey, I believe in Jesus just like you guys believe. And so we had to start with questions. So, okay, who is Jesus in your view? Well, Jesus is the son of God. Okay, well, um, what else do you believe about Jesus? Uh, well, we believe he died on the cross. Okay, well, uh, you know, and, and we got, got that information. Then we had to do additional clarification. Okay, when you say son of God, we say son of God, but when you say son of God, what do you mean? Mm. Well, Jesus is the literal son of God. Okay, well, what do you mean by literal son of God? Well, uh, God the Father has a wife and, um, and his wife and God the Father uh, procreated and they had Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn son of the heavenly parents. 
Okay, so that's different. And so just that clarification where I will say, okay, that's not what Orthodox Christianity teaches. And so then she was, she was able, then she turned the question back on us. Oh, well, well, okay. If that's different, how's it different? And then we were able to explain a biblical view. And that's why the questions can be such a good approach because it's notice it's non-threatening. Yeah. I'm not going to her and saying you believe false things and putting her on the defense. I'm really trying to figure out what she believes, listening to her. And then it's creating a, just a, a you can have a really good, healthy dialogue with somebody and uh, the goal is to get them to slowly but surely try to shed those false ideas they have. But that just takes time and patience. I love the approach as well. And uh, in the book, you give a bunch of other uh, just awesome tactical questions. Again, like if you're listening to this, I'm I'm recommending go read this book, especially if you are attempting to uh, share the gospel effectively with Mormons. Uh, what other resources do you have at Maven Truth for people who are trying to engage uh, Mormons or perhaps even a Mormon who's seeking? If you go to our website, go to maventruth.com, we actually have a class online on Mormonism called the, uh, the uh, Final Word. And you can, uh, you know, you can go and purchase that class online. It comes with a PDF workbook. It comes with six video trainings that I do that will just really give you a good overview of Mormonism, how to engage your Mormon friends with both truth and grace. And so that resource is there. And then there's a couple of websites that I think are really helpful in terms of learning about Mormon doctrine. One is uh, MR m.org it stands for mormonism research ministry and my friend bill mckeever has been doing ministry to mormons for over 40 years he has a vast uh you know uh, wealth of knowledge and experience and there's just all kinds of resources on mrm.org's website and then another friend of mine who does full-time mission work with uh with two mormons uh, his website is mormoninfo.org, and that uh, just will give you some real helpful resources to engage your Mormon friends. Awesome, awesome. And uh, for those who are listening in the descriptions, we will have links to all of those uh, websites that he just shared. And then the last thing, as, as we kind of wrap up, I've only got a few minutes left. Can you just tell us a little bit about uh, Maven Truth and what it is that you guys stand to do in your mission? Yeah, well, our organization, Maven, we started uh, four and a half years ago. Uh, We are passionate about discipling the next generation. And in particular, uh, really bringing in uh, the Christian worldview uh, at biblical truth, helping young people know what they believe, why they believe it. So then they can not only live this out, but they can engage a lost world as ambassadors for Christ. And so we're passionate about equipping the next generation. We have online resources. We do a, a student conferences. We, um, we do immersive experiences, which are worldview mission trips that are just mm. unlike anything I've ever been a part of in, you know, 30 years of working with young people. And then we equip uh, parents as well and adults who are trying to disciple kids. And we do that through all those resources as well. So that's our passion is, you know, we've just lost too many young people to the false ideas of this Mm. world. And the church, I think if you just look at the last 30, 40 years, our strategies aren't working because we are hemorrhaging the next generation. We're losing at least half of our young people 
if not more. And so we've got to redouble our efforts because the culture is just getting more challenging to navigate. Yep. And we have to be very wise and shrewd leaders and parents, particularly as we seek to prepare our children to engage false ideas, false doctrines, and take every false idea captive for the glory of Jesus Christ that we might renew our minds. Hey, Brett, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is now two episodes worth we've had you. Uh, look forward to hopefully having you back on again. And thank you so much for sharing your time with the Parent Life Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. Thank you for listening to the Parent Life Podcast today. If you have any questions about me or my ministry, you can go to jasonstanlin.com. For more information about Fruit Cove Baptist Church and her ministries, please go to fruitcove.com. The links are in the bio and in the descriptions. If you would like to submit a question or response to the podcast, you can email us at parentlife at fruitcove.com. May you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Colossians 1.9. See you next week. Oh, 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 oh,